0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London, together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. Okay, so um, I'm really trusting that uh, this morning that Jesus is going to touch lives, that he's going to heal and set free. So we're putting out our faith for God to move mightily. Okay, so I'm continuing. Last week, Sunday, we did sort of a healing service and today we're doing another one. Come on, say yay. Praise God. So, yo, this is a, it's been a, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week, tough week to, uh, you know, normally when we, uh, when we go places, when we do a weekend like a, A Holy Spirit Impact Weekend at a church, or normally when we do a healing service, you know, in general it's like, well, we're going to proclaim who Jesus is, and then whatever happens is a is wonderful, it's awesome, it's a blessing. But I I realized this week it's a different ballgame when you are trusting the Lord for somebody very specific to be healed. In our case, we're trusting for Kim Garner to be healed from cancer that is spread to other parts of her body. And so last week we we really stepped out and we at the end of the service we boldly prayed. And uh, some good things happened. So praise God. Wesley Peak says his shoulder was healed just standing in the audience. He, was, he had pain in his shoulder. And somebody else also shared they just felt the power of God just rushing through their body. They've never experienced anything like it. So our God is good and He's powerful and He's able. But the question I've been asking myself this week is how do you process, how do you walk this journey of trusting God for a very specific breakthrough or a specific individual to be healed? And so I've been wrestling this week with the Lord and I want to share with us this morning how you can receive your healing. I really feel the Lord spoke to me about how do you tackle this? How do you manage this journey of trusting God for breakthrough? You know, we've... Um, Just this year, beginning of this year, I felt the Lord say to me, this is a year of miracles. We've seen probably close to 200 people physically healed. We've seen cancers disappear. We've seen blind eyes open. We've seen deaf ears open. We've seen amazing things. We've been up in services this year where everybody got healed. Everybody. Shofar Franshoek, Sunday evening, colored community, 70 to 80 people. The Lord says to me, Tonight is a night of miracles. I'm like, God, come on. Sounds awesome. So we uh, were sharing. as one girl, 16-year-old girl, with a sling over her arm. Her, her wrist was, was uh, completely swollen and couldn't, couldn't move it. And she had the sling on. And in the midst of the service, I just had so much faith. I just, well, God's going to heal you tonight. And so at the end of the service, some people committed their lives to Christ and a whole lot of them. And then everybody with sickness come forward, about 20 plus people came forward. I mean, that girl was healed even before we touched her. Took off the sling. She was like, yes, Jesus. Then she prayed for another lady who was blind, completely blind in the one eye, and she was healed. Prayed for another girl with swelling for three years. She was healed. All the other 20 people, all of them were healed through Jesus Christ in about 10 minutes and Pastor Richard was still worrying, like, is it really happening? And then, two weeks later, he bumped into one of the ladies, and he asked, because he prayed for her, Danny, "Are you still healed?" He says, "Yes, Pastor, I'm still healed." Look, look, and then she was going down, and she was still healed of the three different conditions in her body. And he was like, "Yes, Jesus heals." Come on, let's say it: Jesus heals. So I'm going to trust this morning that your faith's going to be stirred. Okay. Because we're going to pray at the end of the service for Jesus to show up again. Amen. So let the word of God just flow over your heart, over your mind. Let it just wash away every doubt and let faith be unlocked. Amen. So we've seen so many amazing things just this year. But still, I'm wrestling. I'm like, God, how does this work? How does healing work? Why? Why is it feels like Russian roulette sometimes, you know, then everybody gets healed, then some get healed, then that one gets healed and those get healed. And we're thankful for everybody that is getting healed and touched. And so on Friday evening, we were having a bit of time together, Sonic and myself and Vian and, and, uh, and we were just sharing thoughts of Thanksgiving, just thanking God for, for things in our lives. And then I realized that all three of us, and I'm. Like, my whole life I've been very healthy. I didn't have many issues. But now, all three of us at least have two issues in our bodies. I've got an eye issue that's been bugging me for three months. I have an arm issue since, since men's camp arm wrestling. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> that arm got uh, messed up. But anyway, I'm not 30 anymore. And... Uh, We're trusting Sonica now for 10 plus years. She's got back problems this week. Her back was really, really, really sore. We're trusting Jesus to be pregnant with our second child. Nine and a half years of trusting Jesus for our second child. Viana has neck problems and a skin problem on his face. And I'm like, Jesus, what is this? What is this? Why are we seeing almost 200 people physically healed this year just through us? I mean, there's people I don't even know of who got healed because people randomly don't tell you. Please tell me if you get healed. It just builds my faith. And uh, And I'm wrestling with this God. What is this? How does this work? And this week and just with Tuesday night with... JP and Kim and the elders is praying together and worshiping Jesus and trusting God for healing. I just realized that we are falling far short of everything that God has for us. We are not walking in the full inheritance that Jesus Christ has called us into. And so I have a holy, righteous anger of God. We want the whole deal. We want the whole deal. Yes, we're fine with medical stuff and medicine. We don't have an issue with that. We use everything we can use. But when that doesn't work anymore, Jesus. Amen. So I want to share with you how do you receive your healing. And and it's something the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me over the last while. Is that you need to... You see, there's a crowd mentality. the, The crowd mentality, um, they they don't experience the supernatural power of God, the the, the crowd mentality. Something the Lord has been speaking to me about. There's a way of thinking that's conforming to this world ways of thinking. And the result is, you won't see the fullness of God. You won't see the glory of God. Then there's another group of people who step outside of the crowd. They step beyond the crowd into the presence of Christ. And there, the supernatural, miraculous power of God is revealed in the presence of God you see you need to step beyond the crowd I'm trusting that us the whole crowd will step into the presence of God but there's a worldly mentality a worldly mindset where we reduce our expectations of what God can or wants to or will do in our lives so step beyond the crowd If you want to stand in the presence of Christ. And it's in the presence of Christ when God shows up or when we step into his presence. That is when the kingdom comes. That is when healing happens. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us and then we're going to unpack this. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that we know who you are. And Lord, we pray that this morning... The crowd mentality would be removed. The doubts would leave. And faith would flow in. In Jesus' name, Lord, this morning we want to step into your presence. Because all things are possible with God. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're faithful. And we pray, Lord, this morning faith would be unlocked in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, amen. Right, come on, say doubt, go out. <laughs> amen. Amen. Okay, so the first one I want to share with you is mindset shifting to unlock your faith. The first thing is, if you want to receive your healing or your breakthrough, whatever you trust in God for, you need to stand on His Word. You need to stand on His Word. Look at the Psalm 107. It says there, verse 20, it says, He sent out His word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. He sent out His word. Come on, say word. He sent out His word and He healed them, snatching them from the door of death. You see, God's word carries great authority. Our God is the promise keeper. How do you receive healing or breakthrough in your life? You need to stand on his word. Which promises are you standing on currently? Do you have a promise that you're standing on currently? Because how can you have faith if you're not standing on his word? You need to have an expectation, but that faith and expectation flows forth from his word. You see, faith refuses to see anything. But God and His Word, let me say it again. Faith refuses to see anything but God and His word. You see, faith doesn't look at the physical with the physical senses. Faith is not based on my sight or my smell or my feelings. Faith is based on the very Word of God. And as we proclaim His Word, healing flows into our soul, spirit, and body. Stand on His Word. Proclaim His Word over your being and believe He is healing me right now. He's always working. He's always working. You see, when it comes to uh, walking by sight, it's a scary thing. So I had this, this eye thing now and I went to the eye specialists and I was sitting there with other people who have major, my thing's a little small thingy, but some major eye problems, the other people. So I, I just realized there are people that are literally fighting for their sight and they are many. And so on Friday night, one of the guys that comes to this church, he, he's one eye, he has no sight or very little. And then on Friday night, he was going to this wedding yesterday and he was, they were brying with some guys. The next moment, his one, his seeing eye gives way. He said, I can't see anything. So the emergency operation yesterday morning and uh, I phoned him last night and, uh, and I just realized the panic, the terror of I'm losing my sight. If my eye doesn't recover, I will never see again. It's scary when you live by sight. But faith does not live by sight. I know the one who opens blind eyes. We know the one who opens blind eyes. And I prayed for him over the phone and I rebuked the fear and the and the terror that's gripping his heart. And he said, thank you. That means so much. We found peace again. So the, the fight is real. People are battling with, with significant challenges. But God has given us His Word. He says, He sent out His Word and He healed them. You see, the crowd mentality is, we live by man's opinion. We live by what people say. We live by what our senses pick up. We live by the natural and not by who God is. And we need to shift that. If we want to see breakthrough, if we want to see healing, we need to step outside, out beyond the crowd and to stand in the presence of Christ. How do you do that? by faith. Come on, say by faith. By faith. By faith. Faith is found in his word. It's like with a box. I can't have faith because I don't have the word of the Lord. So I'm not going to put up, you know, you need to have the word of the Lord if you want real faith. So the rugby, you don't know what's going to happen. But with Jesus, we know because he's given us. His word. So who are you going to believe? The crowd and the opinion of the crowd has never been in the forefront as much as it is today. It's about likes. It's about Facebook. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a comment. Everybody can say their stuff. The the voice of the crowd has never been in our faces much. It's time for God's word to take priority. Amen. Allow His word to reign in your life. Faith refuses to see anything. But God and what He says. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 8 verse 49. This is uh, Jairus. He was the leader of the synagogue, and his daughter became sick. And he came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus to come. And so they're on their way. And the next moment, this happens. It says, while he, this Jesus, was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, "Your daughter is dead." Do not trouble the teacher. It's not just, hey, um, she's sick, she's dying. She's dead. It's game over, right? Well, not for Jesus. In verse 50, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Are you seeing it? He says, do not be afraid. Don't allow fear to overwhelm you. Don't allow fear to push you out of the presence of God. Don't fear. Only believe. Come on, say only believe. In other words, don't look anywhere else. Don't think of anything else. Only believe what? Believe what? His word. And she will live. She will be healed. She will be made well. Only believe and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in, except for Peter and a few others. He put out the unbelieving crowd, and he went in, and he raised this girl from the dead. But that word, do not be afraid, only believe, and then you stand on his word. What is his word for us today? He is sending forth his word to heal and snatching from the grip of death. Only believe out with Every doubt. You see, our God is a promise keeper. Come on, say it. He's a promise keeper. You can stand on His word. People will fail us, but His word will stand. When He said, let there be light, the universe lit up. When He spoke His word, He created the heavens and the earth. So the first thing, if you want to walk out this journey of breakthrough, of healing, of overcoming in any area of your life, stand On the word of the Lord. Stand on his word. Let it infuse your thinking, your sight. Faith refuses to see anything but God and his word. And I was struggling this week with this whole thing. I just realized our faith is so small. And I repented. I said, God, forgive me. Upgrade our faith. Upgrade our faith. Upgrade our faith because our faith connects us to your power. And then you will be you again in our midst. Amen. Secondly, I'm going to say three things. First one is stand on His word. Secondly, you need to look beyond the crisis. You need to look beyond the crisis. So what happens is you are facing a crisis. You're facing cancer. You're facing Death. You're facing a trial. And what happens is the crowd gets trapped by the crisis. And all that they can see is the crisis. That's the crowd mentality. All you see is the problem. Even when you come to God, all you see is the problem. Lord, the problem. Lord, the problem. God. Well, what about this, Lord? What about my healing, God? Lord. So you're struggling. And that's the trap. The trap of the crisis is is that it pushes you out of the presence of God. and All you can see is the crisis. And the crisis becomes a mountain and your faith gets killed. And you carry this heavy burden. So you need to look beyond the crisis to Christ. Amen? You need to look beyond the crisis to Christ. You need to look beyond what you are seeing with your physical eyes. You need to look with the eyes of faith. The eyes of faith says my God is a healer. The eyes of faith says my God is a miracle worker. The eyes of faith says all things are possible with God. The eyes of faith says greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. The eyes of faith says my God overcame death and hell and sin and sickness. He reigns. God come and be you again in our midst. The eyes of faith. The eyes of faith. Let faith arise in each one of us. You see, now in Numbers 21, Israel, they were complaining. They were negative. They were rebellious. They were complaining about the leadership. And they were complaining about God bringing them into the wilderness. And they were complaining and negative. The result was judgment. Judgment fell upon the Israelites. And snakes came into the camp. And the snakes bit them. And people were dying. And they were like, Moses, what must we do? And the Lord said to Moses, make a bronze snake, put it on a pole. And then it says in Numbers 21 verse 9, so Moses made a bronze serpent and he put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. When he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Isn't that amazing? I mean, so... They didn't look at the snakes. They didn't look at the snake bites. They lifted their eyes and they looked at the snake, the bronze snake. And that is a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. And when they looked at him, they lived. When they looked at him, when they looked beyond the crisis, the snake, the poison, the pain, and they looked at Jesus, which that's what it represents. It represents Jesus being lifted high. The bronze snake represented Christ being lifted high. At the cross, they lived, they were healed. You see, you need to look beyond the crisis to Christ if you want to live, if you want to be healed, if you want to see him working mightily in your midst. Healing is found in Jesus. When he hung on the cross, he didn't just hang on the cross, he didn't just hang on the cross for our sins only, but also for our sicknesses, our diseases, our cancers, our stuff. Both. Come on, say both. Both. He died for both of those parts. Our whole being, soul, spirit, and body. Look to Jesus. Lift your eyes. Look away from the crisis. Look away from the problems. Look away from the issues. And then worship Him. Say, God, I surrender to you. You are my everything. I look beyond the snake. And I look or beyond the snake bites. And I look to you. I'm reminded of a, when we were in Rio de Janeiro, we prayed for a man named Marcellos, a hard man. He was a police officer, tattoos all over his body. And, and they heard about the miracles that God was doing in our meetings. And so his hairdresser or the hairdresser guy, one of the pastors, friend of his, brought him to us. And so the team prayed over the guy. And he was yellow pancreatic cancer. His face, his skin was turned yellow. Because of pancreatic cancer. And we prayed for the man. We led him to Christ. We prayed healing in the mighty name of Jesus. It's been to many doctors. And then Jesus healed him. The cancer disappeared off his body. He went back to the doctors. They did five biopsies. The feedback was the doctors couldn't believe it. Praise God. Amen. Come and give Jesus praise. He heals. He heals. That man and his wife committed their lives to Christ and they were baptized in water and they got stuck into church and they're serving the Lord. I want to, I want the doctors to be confounded. Doctors. I want you to say, I can't believe it, brother. Eh? In Jesus' name. Our God heals. Come on, let's say it. Our God heals. Come on, let's say it. Jesus heals. Come and say it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Come on, let faith rise up on the inside of you. I want to take you to Two Chronicles twenty. In this case, it was Judah, and the king was Jehoshaphat, and this massive army came against them. I mean, they were they they dead. They're going to be destroyed. It's the end of the nation. And the king is terrified. He doesn't know what to do. And then he says, he goes to God. He turned to God in verse 6. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might? He was proclaiming God. Aren't you God's? Aren't you the great God, the King of heaven and earth? And isn't there power in your hands so that no one is able to withstand you? You're saying, God, you, this this army does not compare to your greatness. Sickness is nothing in the sight and the light of the Almighty. Cancer is nothing in the sight of the living God. He is great. He is the miracle worker. He still has healing hands. Amen. Faith sees nothing but God. 2 Chronicles 20, 12. And then he says there, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? I have good news. Jesus has made a judgment against sickness at the cross of Christ. He has defeated sickness and the devil at the cross. He has made a judgment. He has sent forth his word. He has proclaimed. Sickness has nothing anymore in the presence of Jesus Christ. He is the healer. Everything will bow before God. And he says, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's come against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Isn't that so powerful? I say, God. No, we can't heal. We have no power in our own ability. We can't heal a headache. We have no power in ourselves. Lord, and we don't know what to do, Jesus. But our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. We are expectant. We are hope-filled. We are faithful. Lord, we look to you. We are your servants. And we commit our hands, our lives, and our future not into the hands of the army or the sickness or the challenges or the trials. We commit our lives into the hands of the king, of kings. Now that is looking beyond the crisis to Christ. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet and he prophesied. And he said in verse 15, he said, listen, all you Judah inhabitants, Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. You see, what what happens is when you and I are trusting God for something very specific, is that we step in to God's way almost. We take on A heavy burden. We try to be God. We try to be God and only He can be God. The battle is the Lord's. Don't allow the heavy burdens to steal your joy. Don't allow the challenges and trials of life to weigh you down. Look to Christ. Our eyes look to you. Amen. Our eyes look to you, Lord. So I remember also we were in Brazil in Manaus and there was, a, it was the end of a week of ministry. I was really tired and I was a bit over it. And then there was this lady that came forward and she felt she could only see a blur. could only see a blur. She could, uh, her sight was terrible. Ten years of terrible sight. And I was like, man, I'm tired, but Jesus, you can do this. So I put my hand on her head and I, I, I released just the praise of God. I said, Jesus, just touch her. The next moment, the power of God came upon her. She fell to the floor. And then I stood over. I'll never forget. There was such a God moment. I stood over her and I looked at her and I said, see in Jesus' name. See in Jesus' name. And she opened her eyes and her sight was perfect. Isn't that beautiful? Come on, give Jesus praise. Only He can. Only He can. But there's that moment where you and I need to speak in the name of Jesus. He delegates authority. We stand in his presence. We've looked at him. And now we speak in the mighty name of Jesus. And the miracle is in his hands. Come on, let's say that our God is a miracle worker. He is. He is. He's the miracle worker. And he's still doing miracles. You see, don't. Step into the flesh. Step into the spirit. The crowd stays in the flesh. They carry heavy burdens. They only see the crisis. Those who step beyond the crowd, they see Christ. They know that he is God and I am not. But I give all of my life into his hands. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you also don't feel guilty. Sometimes people are like, oh, you know, if i trust in God. I can't use medicine. No, you can. You do whatever you can do. Never feel guilty. Never feel bad. Your body is a biological machine. The medicine helps your body to be restored and healed. But when that doesn't work anymore, then Jesus. Amen? So we and doctors, we work lacquer together. Amen. God is able to do great things. Don't feel guilty and don't be irresponsible by saying I'm not going to use medicine when it's available. Don't be irresponsible. Right. Third one. So the first one is stand on his word. Secondly, look beyond the crisis. Thirdly, lastly, you need to take a stand. You need to take a stand for Christ. You need to stand against the bullies, the tyranny of fear. The tyranny of unbelief, the tyranny of the enemy saying, don't, don't trust in God. The tyranny of the enemy that wants to push you out, the tyranny of sickness that wants to push us out of the presence of God and cause us to fall into a place of unbelief and hopelessness. No, our God is the way maker. He's able to do anything. He is able to do anything. And there's a place where you and I just say, we will not bow before the fear of death. We will not bow before the fear of cancer. We will not bow before the fear of sickness or whatever else this life might throw at us. Because that, again, that pushes you out of the presence of God and it causes torment in your life. So you need to take a stand. You see, the crowd gets bullied into submission. But those who take a stand for God, they will stand. In His presence, this is this is massive. The enemy is continuously wanting to bully us. Don't believe. Don't proclaim it. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? And I was wrestling with this this week as well. What, what is the right positioning that we need when it comes to facing obstacles? And I believe the Lord gave me the answer in Daniel chapter three. The context is King Nebuchadnezzar, crazed, egotistical emperor tyrant, made a golden statue of himself, and he said, when the music plays, people, you will bow. You will bow. You will bow before the golden statue, or I will kill you. And still, that is the same today, but in a different form. The spirit of this world is saying, bow before unbelief. Bow before hopelessness. I actually read an article last night where the guy said, don't ever expect anything good in life. Because then you can't be disappointed. I sort of apply that to World Cup cricket especially. <laughs> Too much pain over the years. I have, I have no faith for the pro tiers, unfortunately. But it works there. But but in the rest of life, you won't see God show up if you have no faith. You won't see God move mightily if you don't have hope and expect the goodness of God to manifest in your life. You will have self-confessed pro, self prophecies when you're continuously agreeing with negatives. And so the enemy wants to bully us. Don't hope, don't believe. Oh, you need to go on there's a Facebook site. Someone invited me to this. It's called I'm Staying. I don't know if you've seen it. In two weeks, 66,000 people have joined it. And I checked it out last night. It is so funny and it is so encouraging. Because they're all focusing on the good things in our country. How beautiful our people are. And it is wonderful. Go check it out. I'm staying. I'm staying. Amen. Because God is working in our country. He's sending us up for a revival that this world has never seen. Amen. Come on. Our God. He's glorious. And so in Daniel 3.15, it says, now if you are ready, now there's a king speaking. Now if you're ready at the time, there's three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, at the time you hear the sound of all these things, you, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. Eh, the bully, the tyrant. In the same way, the bully, the tyrant is trying to do this in the church world. How dare you believe that Jesus still heals? How dare you still believe that God does miracles? Who do you think you are? No, I stand on his word. I stand on his word. And what do you say to people when you're trusting God for your healing? And they're asking, how are you doing? You tell them, I'm standing on the word of God. I'm trusting in him. I'm standing on the word of God. Come on, let's say, I'm standing on the word of God. I'm standing on the word of God. And then he says, if you fall down, if you worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, if you don't join the crowd, if you don't bow before the pressure, you should be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Oh, I love that moment. That's like all of heaven wakes up right there. Who is the God? Who is the God? Who will deliver you from my hand? Yes, standing in faith is a risk. But that is what separates us from the crowd and launches us into the presence of God. Yes, it might seem a little bit nuts. People might say, are you nuts? The truth is, in this beautiful quote, by F.F. F. Bosworth, he says, faith is the most rational thing in the world. Because it is based on the greatest of facts and realities. It sees God. It sees Calvary, where disease and sin were cancelled. It sees the promises of God and His Faithfulness, these are more certain than the foundations of a mountain. Amen. Faith is not nuts. It is the most rational thing in the world. Look at the universe. Where do we come from? Our God. It's the most rational thing in the world. To look to him and to no other. To stand upon his promises and his faithfulness. He is faithful to his word. And he is faithful to his servants. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Throw out every lie of the enemy. So there is this temptation. Don't get your hopes up. I'm saying let's get our hopes up. Because our hopes is in Jesus. Our hopes are... In Jesus. And it's something that Smith Wigglesworth said, and I've adopted this as part of my life mission, life slogan. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. Because it's not living. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief because that is not living. Come on, let's say it. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. Amen. Because it's not living. It's not living. It's not living. If you're not living in faith, you're not living. You're not living in His presence. You're bound to the crowd. You're back there with everybody else, all the murmuring and the negativity and the complaining and the unbelief and the hopelessness. No. Let's step beyond the crowd into the presence of Christ. I'd rather believe. I'd rather die believing than live in unbelief. It is impossible to please God without faith that get our hopes up because our hope is in him amen and then this beautiful and this is for me the answer i was asking god lord how do we do this how do we do this journey how do we do this journey of trusting for something very specific for healing daniel 3:17 this is the response of these three men who had the courage to stand when everybody else bowed before the pressure They said, they replied to the king, they said, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able. We serve him. We serve Jesus. We do not bow before government even when they do stupid laws. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God, whom we serve, is able. To deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And this is powerful. Then he says, and he will deliver us. He will deliver us. They stood up before the king and all of government. And they said, our God whom we serve is able. But he's not just able, oh king. He will. He will deliver us. He will. Because we serve him. And then the next verse. This is so powerful. He says, but if not. But if not. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. We will not bow before the idol of unbelief. We will not bow before fear and tyranny. Nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Isn't that powerful? They say even death does not fear, does not bring terror to us. There is nothing this life can throw at us because we stand in the presence of our king in this life and the next. Amen. I mean, that's what happened. The tyrant emperor king freaked out. The furnace was set seven times worse, hotter. The soldiers who took them in died. These three men were thrown into this fiery furnace. What happened? They found themselves standing in the presence of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? They took a stand for God. And they found themselves standing in the presence of Christ. And He delivered them. And His name, the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords was glorified all over the empire. Glory to God. Glory to God. We see, the crowd bows before pressure. But those who stand in the presence of Christ, they take a stand and say, God, we're taking a stand. But whatever the result, Your will be done, God. Amen. Your will be done. We won't bow. Before anybody else in Jesus' name. You see, as believers in Christ, as servants of God, we cannot lose. The worst thing that can happen to us is that we will be promoted into eternity. And we will stand before our King. It's an upgrade. But we will not live in unbelief. We will live by faith. We will live by faith of God, but Lord, now come. Lord, now heal. Lord, now glorify your name. Lord, now let your name be exalted. Lord, now let all of East London know that there's a God in our country, that there's a God in the city, that there's a God in the Eastern Cape, that there is no one like Jesus Christ. He is the God who made everything. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to show up. But he's looking for a few people. They would say, we're not going to bow before tyranny or fear or lies. Amen. Come on, say, it. I'm not going to bow before tyranny. In Jesus' name. I only bow before Jesus Christ. The King of Kings. Hallelujah. Last verse I want to read. Acts 10 verse 38. It says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed. Who? How much? How many? All who were what? Under the tyranny of the devil. Sickness comes from the pit of hell. Jesus defeated it. For God had anointed him. He divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. We welcome our God here today again to set us free, to heal us physically, to set us free from burdens and darkness on our souls. Let his kingdom come this day. So when when we were in Cambridge earlier this year, I was sharing these stories to stir your faith. So a lady came to me, an aunt, and she said she has two friends in King Williamstown. And they are both ill. And uh, she asked that I would pray for her or for these two. And I prayed with her, but I didn't have faith for 50 kilometers away. I was like, okay, Jesus, Please. i like to lay a hand on somebody. I year to hear now. But I felt so much authority. I've, I felt the presence and the power of God. And she checked up on them, and they both were healed that evening. But I was still like, hey, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Did it really happened. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. That Friday night, it was a Tuesday night. Friday night, No oh, look, drove through all the way from King Williamstown to our meeting in Cambridge location to commit her life to Christ and to share with me how Jesus has healed her. After three months of intestinal problems and stuff, doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. Our God heals even from a distance. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.